I think for independent restaurants, there's never been a better time and perhaps a more affordable time to utilize technology to engage with their customers in a more meaningful way. And I think ultimately, that's what it all comes down to, creating maximum value for your customers. Welcome to The Profitable Table, fed by Woolco Foods, the nation's first podcast devoted to the business and lifestyle of the hospitality industry. Now, here's your host, Woolco Foods CEO, Stephen Toberoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Profitable Table, fed by Woolco Foods. I'm your host, Stephen Toberoff. And today I'm going to do something a little bit different, although it's not that different in that I've done podcasts without a guest before. I got an email from someone who had listened to a podcast that I did, I believe it was back in April, which discussed some of the strategies that I thought restaurants should consider looking at. And of course, we were just heading into the pandemic at that point. And the email asked if I had sort of any thoughts or ideas or had gathered any information on lessons learned during this intervening months between April and now. And I thought that was a really great question. And so I reached out to a number of people that we do business with and and other thought leaders in the industry. And I really put together a list of, of areas that I think we should look at because the conclusion that I've reached, which is interesting to me, is that I think that during this period of time, independent restaurants have learned enough and are going to be in a position where they're in the best position they've ever been in to compete with chain restaurants. Now, obviously, there's a lot of caveats to that. Obviously, it depends on your market. It depends on your cuisine. It depends on a a multitude of factors. But what I'm saying on a very general level is that during this period of time, I think independent restaurants have been forced to do a number of things differently and open up a number of different avenues for their business that they may not have otherwise opened. And I think just with changes of technology and changes with technology and other things, I think independents have never been on greater par with the chains. And although the majority of our customers are in markets where we service in, in the New York City, New Jersey, uh, metro area. So it's a, you know, it, it is what it is in terms of where we're doing business. But the thoughts that I'm going to share, I think, will be applicable through markets throughout the United States of America. Uh, There may be certain points that are more impactful depending upon where you are in the United States. But I I just would start by saying, as I said uh, a moment ago, I think now if you're an independent restaurant, there's a lot of information out there and a lot of insight that's been gleaned, which can put you in a position to be as competitive, if not more competitive than you've ever been against chain restaurants. And perhaps more importantly than that, to offer a multitude of experiences to your customers that are going to be very beneficial for them and very beneficial for your business. So I'm very excited to get into this. And uh, I'm going to start right now with sort of the first observation that I had through these conversations, which is what can you do to maximize the engagement that you have with your existing customers so that they can become repeat customers and that they have better and better experiences with your restaurant. The first thing is establish a loyalty program. One of the things I learned from engaging with some of the chains, I'll mention Chipotle, for example, is they have a really great app. They have a really great loyalty program. 
There's nothing to stop any restaurant in America from developing a loyalty program with their customers, and they should. Right now, we're at a moment in time where the number of restaurants open is severely constrained due to a multitude of reasons. Over time, competition is going to build. So the time is right, right now, to be building a loyalty program with your customer base. And I think that a loyalty program is significant regardless of what type of cuisine you have, regardless of your price point. I think customers are really expecting something like that, and I think it's something you can create. There's a lot of different ways to do it. There's a lot of different ideas as to how to make it most impactful. Obviously, if you have an app, you can certainly have the designer or the company build out a function in the app where you keep track of who's using it, put in place a system where uh, customers who do use it will be able to avail themselves of a, of a loyalty program. You can do it through email. Um, you can do it through a lot of different ways, but it's extremely important that your customers get the opportunity to engage with you through a loyalty program. One, it shows them that you appreciate their business and that they're a valued part of your business. Two, it creates a dynamic where if they love your food, they're going to be more inclined to order from you than try somewhere else because they know that they're going to be getting loyalty points. Okay. And three, it's another way to put yourself at parity with chain restaurants, Chipotle, Starbucks, all these guys are doing it already. They're doing it because they know it works. There's no reason why you guys should not be doing it as well. You can create it, craft it, and curate it in a manner that works for you, but something that should absolutely be on your radar screen. The second thing that you need to do right now, I believe, is over-communicate with your customers. On every aspect of business now, customers love information. And the information you provide can be across a multitude of areas, whether it's what you're doing for menu design, whether it's what your thoughts are as to what's going on with plant-based foods, whether it's menu changes, whether it's cocktail changes. People love to get this information now, provided that it's relevant information. So for those of you that have customers that come in, which obviously you do, it's a silly point I just said, when you have customers come in, It's extremely important that if you can, you can get an email address from them because it's the email address that's going to be probably the best and most impactful tool that you have to communicate to them. So there's a lot of different ways that you can ask for an email address. You can, you know, a lot of people are having to register when they pick up food now. You should have that email in your database. You can request people's emails if they order through you over the phone. I don't know the answer to this as to whether or not you can access emails through the utilization of third-party delivery apps, but if you can, that's a great way to do it. And certainly when people come into your restaurant, if you could just say, hey, would you mind texting us or emailing us your address? Maybe even set up a dedicated email site for your own business where when customers come in, you can request that they email you so that you have it on your file. Email is more important than ever. Email and texting. If you have a customer's text number, it's the same. But you want to over-communicate because the more people hear about what you're doing, the more they're going to likely engage with you. And although people are getting much more, I didn't even say more comfortable, people are finding more ways to engage with those restaurants that they love. Dining in is one option. Ordering up is another option. Takeout is another option. We're going to get into other options beyond that. So the more you can communicate things that will at least keep you on a customer's radar screen, keep them engaged, give them the chance to order from you, 
very, very important in this day and age and something that the chain restaurants are doing. Absolutely zero reason why uh, independent restaurants should not be doing that as well. So I say over-communicate. The third thing is an app, okay? There are a lot of companies out there right now that are designing apps designed for independent restaurants. Every independent restaurant should get their own app for sure. The answer to that, now the question is, well, why do I need an app? People are using Resi or they're finding me through uh, Yelp and they're calling in or they're emailing. Why do I need my own app? The reason you need your own app, it, well, there's several reasons. The first is you want to create a curated engagement with your customers that you control. When they're using your app, you get to determine what information you highlight to them, okay? So if you want to highlight cocktails, if you want to highlight a certain menu option, if you want to highlight the fact that you're offering things that are more farm-to-table or more plant-based, whatever it is, you control that line of communication. They're dealing directly with you. Two, the more you can get your customers to use your own app to place orders for pickup or to make reservations, you are less at the mercy of algorithms for third parties that are in the business of acquiring competitors of yours and ranking them based upon algorithms that may not work for your benefit. So if you have your own app and you can get customers comfortable with placing their pickup orders through the app, placing their delivery orders through your app, making reservations through your app, you control that ecosystem and you can leverage it in a number of ways. I'll give another example. I think Starbucks and I think Chipotle have phenomenal apps. Those are apps that I use. You know, in my town, we order up, you do it. Uh, I could get Chipotle delivered or I could probably use, uh, you know, Uber Eats and Grubhub and others to place the order for pickup. I choose to use their app because it's very intuitive. It's very easy to use. And they get the benefit of communicating to me through their rewards programs, through information when they have new offerings. There's absolutely no reason why every independent restaurant can't do that as well. Once you have it in, You email to your customer base or you let them know, hey, download our app, maybe create an incentive for people to download your app, but you want to have that experience ready to be deployed for any and all of your customers. Very important. I can't speak with any degree of expertise as to how affordable is, which ones are better. I think suffice it to say, it's something that you absolutely want to research. And I can say with our customer base, I'm seeing it utilized more and more and more and more. So this is something that's only going to continue, and I think it's very beneficial for independent restaurants, and I think it's beneficial in a way that um, will serve you well into the future, something very important. Now, something I touched on a little bit earlier, I do think it bears underscoring right now, and I'll modify it a little bit, which is you want to have email addresses and or phone numbers that you can text for your customers. Communicating through email and through text is uh, more vital than ever. And there's obvious reasons for that. But when you have a customer's email address or their text message, you have the ability to communicate to them in a way that is going to be more and more prevalent. And it also enables you to communicate in a way where it can prompt a customer to take immediate action. So for example, if you utilize their the, the, the text number, let's say you know heading into Sunday that you've got five, six, seven open tables available you can send out a blast with text messages saying the first five people 
who reserve a table for Sunday get their first uh, round of drinks or their first appetizer, whatever promotion you want. It's a very immediate thing that you can do. With emails, you can really communicate to your customers what your brand is, what you stand for, but you can also communicate ways for them to order from you, ways that you're differentiating yourself in all the ways that restaurants need to be differentiated right now. Email texting is probably the primary form of communication from restaurants to customers right now. Okay. And obviously these technologies have been around for a long time, but what you have to ask yourself is how are the larger multi-location chains using it to their advantage? You know, the whole purpose of this episode is obviously some of the chains and particularly depending upon how they're positioned for takeout, delivery, drive-through, all of that, they're benefiting with what's going on right now. Okay. However, some of their tactics and strategies are now affordable and deployable by independent restaurants. And one of them is how do you use email and text in a positive way? One thing I would say for sure is you do not want to be sending people email or texts if it does not create enormous value for the recipient. You don't want to be super promotional and just telling people all about yourself and, and, and just sort of blasting them in a thoughtless manner. You want to be sending communications, and this should really go throughout your entire marketing strategy, where you're creating value for anybody that takes the time to open one of your emails or respond to any communication you send to them. So what does value look like for your end user, right? It can look like savings. It can look like sharing with them what your values are to see that it's in alignment with their. It can be anything that they will read and it will be a benefit to them. And within that, of course, you're going to be sharing what makes your restaurant special, what makes your dishes special, your cocktail special. But it's all about value creation once you get a potential customer's attention. So very important that you accumulate emails and you can get people's text numbers and then communicating with them in a respectful and impactful way. The next thing, which I think is going to be very important and very attractive, is every restaurant that can develop a catering wing within their concept should, a catering division, I should say. Now, under the new law that was signed in January, Businesses are now able to claim in 2021 and 2022 a 100% business deduction for meals purchased at restaurants, okay? That includes catering. So every restaurant, obviously, the vast majority of them do now takeout. What's the difference between catering and takeout? Well, there's a few significant differences. One, you're going to find, you're going to want to find out what businesses are near you that may be able to avail themselves of catering. Now, right now, people going back to the office or having large gatherings is not happening. It probably won't happen for a while, but there may be small gatherings. There may be, you know, a small number of people that are in an office, but they'll still want to avail themselves of having a catering project for five, six, seven people, whatever the amount is. Once you get in the door, you're now developing a relationship with an entity, could be a an advertising agency, a real estate company, whatever, over time, it can become a more meaningful account. But you have to start somewhere. You have to get your foot in the door. Second of all, for those companies that have employees working from home, one of the perks that they may be offering is that those employees can order meals. They may give them a budget 
of a certain amount of money that they can spend per week for takeout. You want to communicate to those uh, entities that you do catering. And within that communication, now you're on their radar. Maybe if you're hyper-focused on a given location that's in your neighborhood, you may want to offer them some form of a volume discount or immediately lead with a loyalty program. But you need to leverage this notion of takeout and catering and make it a part of what you do, regardless of whether or not it's something you've done in the past, okay? And that does tail into the next point, which is there's an enormous amount of information out there now on ghost kitchens, virtual kitchens, I think a lot of people get the concepts confused, so I want to be very specific about what I'm talking about. If you're a restaurant that's open now, let's say you're just doing takeout, or you have outdoor seating, or you're doing delivery, or whatever it is that you're able to do safely under the current environment, if you know that your market lends itself to people getting cuisine that is not directly what you're selling in your first brick-and-mortar location— I think putting up a virtual menu and offering those other offerings is a smart idea, okay? So, for example, let's say, and I've I've mentioned this in other podcasts, whatever your cuisine is, if your chef is comfortable, let's say that you have an Italian restaurant, but your chef is really comfortable doing burgers and fries and macaroni and cheese and other forms of comfort food, they might not be in alignment with what you're offering to your customers, in, in your brick and mortar and, 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 in, and with your company's brand, so to speak. But it may make a lot of sense as a virtual kitchen, okay? And I know that there's, in the same way that all of these digital streaming companies, uh, Netflix and, and Hulu and, and everyone else, there's a tremendous demand for content. There's a tremendous demand for content on third-party apps right now. And so look at your business. Speak with your chef Think about what opportunities based upon the customer base that you want to target is available to you if you want to make additional offerings through a virtual kitchen. That's very different than just going into business as a virtual restaurant where your only exposure is on third-party apps. That's a different business model. I'm not going to discuss that here. But for those of you that have the brick and mortar, you're doing well, you know, you're making ends meet but you see opportunities to capture more market share while leveraging your fixed resources, your kitchen, staff, whatever, it's not a bad idea to explore putting up a virtual kitchen, okay? These are some ideas that I would like people to just consider. I think as we move forward, we have to learn and act on the lessons that we've learned that'll make us more effective going into the future. We have to be open to these adaptations and these changes. And I think for independent restaurants, there's never been a better time and perhaps a more affordable time to utilize technology to engage with their customers in a more meaningful way. And I think ultimately, that's what it all comes down to, creating maximum value for your customers. The value can take the form of savings. The value can take the form of information. The value can take the form in terms of convenience. You know, one of the areas that I think is well worth considering, depending upon your location and depending upon how you're configured, but certainly for restaurants that are located in cities, I believe that pickup and takeout is going to be a material part of what you do going forward. Because I think a lot of people are now more comfortable eating at home. I think there's tremendous pent-up demand for people to dine out. 
I think that will manifest itself. But I also think that the category of takeout, particularly in cities, isn't being thought of enough. And I think if you can create a phenomenal takeout experience, it gives your customer the ability to get out of their house, walk their dog, get some fresh air. Particularly if people are working from home, they're going to want to get out a little bit. They may not want to come inside the restaurant and sit down and take time to do that, but they may just want to go out. So then it becomes a question, okay, so is takeout just takeout? You order, you pick it up, you come, hey, here's your food and go. Or can that experience be improved upon so that people actually look forward to the experience of picking up the food that they've ordered from your restaurant? I believe it can be. I believe it's something well worth thinking about. For example, if you know that your restaurant is one where people are going to a lot for pickup when they walk their dogs, or even if a certain segment of it, have some doggy treats that are available to offer to people for their pets. Give them the choice, obviously make them uh, agree first, but have that available. Second of all, have some treats available for anybody who picks up. Maybe for people that come up, you have nice wrapped cookies or nice wrapped something. Just to thank you, because remember, if you can get people to pick up their food and they're calling into you, and it's all within your ecosystem, you're saving money on the third-party apps, which is ultimately something you want to do. So create something special or unique about people that are picking up so that they really think it's fun to come and do it and they enjoy it. Third, have certain items that are only available for takeout. Whatever you can do, my point is obvious. My point, I don't want to beat a dead horse here. If you're in a city I think that takeout is something that you really want to think about. You want to make sure you can do it in a safe manner. You want to make sure you do it in a convenient manner. And you also want to make sure that you do it in a fun manner where people enjoy coming. And I think that that's going to be something that will continue into the future. These are the the points that sort of came out of my conversations with people and my own thoughts. It's something that I think you should all be very excited about and be thinking about. I have such respect for the restaurant community, such respect, and I'm so honored to be a part of it. Talk about resiliency, talk about entrepreneurship, talk about community, and this industry has really embodied that, and it's been an incredible you know, process to be a part of and to watch, and I think it's very important to reflect, to learn, to identify those improvements, those opportunities that are available that we may not have ever thought of, but for being forced to. But beyond that, I just want to again thank everybody for this podcast and this community. It's really becoming something very special. I'm learning so much from people's emails. It's my you know, hope that these podcasts are creating value for you, the listener. If they are, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe or you could tell a friend about it. Would love it if you would give a review. I really appreciate the emails that I get. You can email me at steven at wolcofoods.com. I also appreciate it if you DM me. Other than that, everyone, have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you for listening to The Profitable Table, fed by Wolco Foods. Please be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about Woolco Foods or Stephen Toberoff, please visit us at woolcofoods.net. <laughs>